Welcome to Kitchen Table Magic. I'm your host, Sam Tang. Each episode, I sit down with an inspiring person from the magic community. We hang out on their kitchen table to talk about Magic the Gathering as they share stories from the journey of their lives. This is episode 18, and I'm talking to popular Twitch streamer and tournament grinder, Jennifer Long, also known as Mrs. Mulligan. Jennifer tells us about how she got started streaming Minesweeper and slowly building up thousands of followers on Twitch. She now regularly competes on the SCG Tour and writes a weekly column for our StarCityGames.com. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jennifer Long. Hi everyone, thanks for joining me on Kitchen Table Magic. I'm your host, Sam Tang. I am here today with Mrs. Mulligan, Jennifer Long. Jennifer, how are you doing? Hey there, I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing great. Where are you joining me from? Uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so the Midwest? Yes. I have been checking out your streams, and why are you called Mrs. Mulligan and not Miss Mulligan? Well, I am married. Uh huh. My husband, Carrick, also plays Magic, and so I went with Mrs. Why the Mulligan? How did that come about? Uh, my husband and I were talking about opening a gaming store when we were tired. So we were daydreaming. We're like, hmm, what could we call it, right? And so we came up with Mr. and Mrs. Mulligan's Cards and Games or something mm-hmm. like that. And just because, you know, mulliganing with card games, you know, whatever, we thought it sounded cute. Shortly after that, I got a Magic Online account and I chose Mrs. Mulligan for my username. Yeah. Then I ended up starting streaming. I was like, well, I can use the same one since, you know, I'm going to be playing Magic. So they'll see my username there. And then it just kind of developed into a brand. The first time I saw it, I was just like, I wonder if she's like really into golf. <laughs> like mulligans, it was like a it was like a golf. But then I was like, no, of course, magic. I mean, you take mulligans and like mm-hmm. on a side note, how well do you mulligan? Do you feel like your mulligan choices are really good? I'm not afraid to mulligan aggressively, but I don't always mulligan very well. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's one of the skills that I'm also wor- uh, working on as well. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, I wanted to start from the beginning. When did you start playing magic? So I started playing Magic in M15, so it's been about two years now. I played occasionally with my little brother when we were quite young. I remember, like, he made up all his own rules, Mm -hmm. so I didn't know how to play correctly. Like, we bought some dual decks or the Clash Pack or whatever Mm -hmm. it is from M15 and just started playing, fell in love, bought more stuff, and ended ended up streaming Magic and writing about it, so. And what formats do you play, Jennifer? Primarily modern. That's my favorite. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to learn standard recently. And then I play a little bit of commander. I just kind of pick up pre-cons and shove a couple of decks or different cards in with it Mm -hmm. and go from there. I actually just finished like majorly changing Daxos, the new Daxos Returned or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I was playing that right before I came to record. It's really fun now. I had Necropotence on turn three, two games in a row. Wow, that's unfair. (laughs) I know. So I, of course, was the target early and didn't win either of them. Oh, wow. I used to play mono-black combos. Uh Uh-huh. And then I got tired of not being allowed to play after turn four. Oh. So I got a different deck. Okay. But my friends were all terrified. Like, if I got to eight mana, I just auto-won the game. Yeah. And so they couldn't let me, so they'd kill me as fast as possible and then take their time playing. Uh-huh. And I wanted to actually play Commander, uh-huh. not get hated on for a half an hour and then watch everyone else have fun. Jennifer, I also wanted to ask you, so you play Modern, why Merfolk in Modern? We decided we were going to play Modern, so we 
printed out one of the like meta decks so we could kind of try out a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. I knew I'd kind of liked aggro style decks, mm-hmm. so I went with that. I got down to Merfolk, Elves, and Affinity. Mm-hmm. And this was Elves pre-Shaman of the Pack. Uh-huh. So it wasn't as good. Elves is better now with Shaman. Mm-hmm. Elves just wasn't wasn't catching my attention. And Affinity, I don't know. I guess I just... You kind of like this pseudo-tribal attack you, curve out really well kind of a theme. I Yes, I do. I have discovered that I like synergy-based decks. Mm-hmm. Like... When Hardened Scales was in standard, mm-hmm. that was my jam. Uh-huh. Um, so I like it when my cards together make more than the sum of their parts. Oh, really interesting. And so Merfolk does that very well. Mm-hmm. You get three Merfolk on the field, or three Lords on the field, they're all 4-4s four now. Right. You get another, they're all 5-5s. Five like, they just all grow really fast together. Huh. I don't know, I'm just going to take a wild guess here, but maybe the deck that you like would, would not ver- like very much is you probably wouldn't like Storm. Well, I actually did play Storm for a couple weeks on stream. Mm-hmm. I had the red-blue Storm, and I enjoyed it a lot, mm-hmm. but it was very different. It was more of solving a logic puzzle every time and not worrying about what my opponent did, so I think it would get old for me very quickly. Hmm, interesting, yeah. Because eventually, you just kind of figure out how the puzzle pieces go in order, yeah. And then you just do the same thing over and over again. Right. I like playing like mid-range grindy decks. I guess you could say, quote unquote, the fair decks. And so I play Jund in Modern. And recently you said that you were going to start playing Jund in Modern. So I've been running a gauntlet on my stream. Mm-hmm. So for a couple of weeks, I pick up a big deck in the format or a deck I don't understand very well so that I get a better understanding of it. That's why I picked up Storm. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, the biggest deck in Modern is Jund. So I played it for about two weeks, and it was so much fun. I'm now building it in paper. Ooh. So I have two Lilianas, and they're beautiful. Yeah. And I'm still waiting on the others, but hopefully I'll be able to get some soon. I don't know. John's, it was so much fun to play. I like when I can tell my opponent, oh, you thought you came here to play Magic? Oh. I don't think so. Oh. So like Spreading Seas yeah. is one of my favorite cards in Merfolk. I, I like saying, oh, how cute. You thought you were going to play Magic tonight. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Just kind of like shut them out of the game completely. And I've been playing Tron because we own that in paper. Red Green Tron is fantastic because like, I'll just blow up your lands. No, you don't get to play any of this stuff. Exile it with Karn and take over the game and blow everything up. <laughs> Yeah, definitely Karn is, like, very, very powerful. Like, I don't like playing against it because I'm usually losing to it. But I do (laughs) definitely, I love the card. I like the flavor of the card. I, like, totally understand, like, the lore of Karn. And, like, yeah, I definitely respect it. So, Jennifer, this is very interesting because you normally in my interviews, I will come up with questions on my own. I decided to hop on your Twitch stream today, this afternoon. Yes. And I was asking the the Twitch chat, hey, do you have any questions for uh, Mrs. Mulligan? Because I'm going to be interviewing later tonight. So I have uh, some questions that I'd like to ask you from the Twitch chat. What do you think? Sure. Go for it. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. First of all, why magic? Why stream magic? Yeah. Why stream magic? Well... When I first started streaming, I was just thinking, you know, it'd be fun to play more video games. So, you know, I could, you know, enjoy it, get a little bit better at video games, whatever. So I played most of Overlord Mm -hmm. on stream, which is this really awesome game where you're this evil overlord and you like screw people over. It's fantastic. Uh And you send your minions out to go do all your work. It's fantastic. Uh Anyway, um, 
So I played that and I played like some Minesweeper and stuff just because I was playing. So I might as well stream. Yeah. And some troll came into my into my chat because I would have maybe two people watching Mm -hmm. me. And he's like, why don't you play a real game? Oh, because I was playing Minesweeper. I mean, it's a puzzle you play when you're bored or something at work. I was like, well, I have magic online. And he says, well, that would at least be better. Uh huh. And I know that they were just trolling me now. At that point, I hopped on to play Magic Online on stream for the first time. So from there, I ended up with like eight people watching me. It was insane. There were so many people watching me play Magic. I mean, it felt like a ton of people. And like, I actually had a conversation going in chat. And I mean, it was it was crazy. So I tried it again and it worked again. And then it just kind of kept going and more people started to notice me. And so I would keep streaming Magic because I liked you know, interacting with people. And then now I am a big streamer with like, you know, hundreds of people watching me each day. And it's really kind of cool knowing that people are there because they want to be. They want to be watching me play. They want to be around me, you know, with my positive atmosphere. And, you know, I'm always happy to see everybody. What was the hardest thing that you had to overcome in your streaming career? There are probably two things. First was multitasking. So, Keeping up with chat while also playing magic, which is a very mental, you know, brain game. I'm now dividing my brain and I've gotten better at it. I think if my chat started with how fast it is now, there's no way I could have kept up. Mm -hmm. So I've kind of trained that skill. And then probably the other biggest issue or um, obstacle, I guess, would be trolls or like people being rude and... Early on, I decided I'm not dealing with this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to smack this down because I'm not going to stream if I'm not having fun streaming or if people are being rude in my presence because right. I don't want it there. So, you know, I have chat rules and we stick to them. They're not like terribly strict. It's, you know, don't be inappropriate. Don't be a jerk. Right. And you're pretty much going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not afraid to time people out or ban them if they're repeat offenders You know, people know that. And so if you go into a chat and you see that nobody is like trolling or being rude, there's no reason for you to start being rude. And then it just kind of um, positive feedback loop to stay and keep it a happy, positive place. How long did you stream before hitting 100 followers? I'm not sure exactly how long it took. It seemed at least for quite a while that I was growing exponentially. So, you know, I'd have one follower, the next week I'd have two, the one after that I had a four. So, you know, eventually it kind of spirals and gets big fast, but it was probably a couple of months at least of playing Magic regularly before I had a hundred or so followers. And your schedule is like you stream almost every day. Yeah, I stream 15 hours a week right now. It's possible that my schedule will change a little bit. And when I'm traveling to events, I'm not always on Fridays or Mondays, Mm -hmm. depending on that. It's really fun. It's kind of the main job, quote unquote, that Mm -hmm. I have. I also teach cello lessons, but that's also flexible Mm time-wise. So it's – and being consistent on stream helps a lot. So you are a full-time Magic player. Yes, I guess. (laughs) That is the dream. That is awesome. I know. It's really cool. That's pretty awesome. Okay, yeah. So in addition to streaming, you also write a column for SEG. I do. It's an open platform that I can write pretty much whatever I want on. Obviously, they're expecting it to be about magic and whatever. It's kind of cool that I just can write about whatever, you know, strikes my fancy. 
And how did they approach you with that? So Danny, the editor and the person that I work with closely at Star City Games, came on my chat and said, you know, hey, check your Twitch direct messages, which at that point I didn't even know existed. So I found them and it was like um, e- emails or a message saying, interested in bringing you to SCG. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh my God, like, is this real? Like, is this real life? That's cool. And so they were asking for my emails to communicate that way. They just kind of reached out to me and said, you know, hey, we're interested in bringing you on. Let's talk about it. And we did. And now I write for them. And your articles so far have been really welcoming to new players. You were talking about this is what I do and this is how we play Magic and here are tips for you to be better at FNM and feel more comfortable. And then this is how you play at an SCG Open and bring snacks, bring food, bring water, <laughs> like be aware of your surroundings. Like, I really like that. I think some people listening to this are going to like roll their eyes and be like, oh my gosh, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you? Why would you write that? But it's like... Well, if you're just starting off in Magic, and there's a huge number of people starting off in Magic and they're new to the game, or you know, fairly new to the game, because all of these great new sets are coming out, drawing in new audiences and players. And if it's the first time you've gone to like a big tournament, yeah, you kind of need a primer on that, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I've talked to lots of people that are uh, considered pros now, but at, at one point that they all had to start somewhere. So to have a little bit of that guidance is necessary. And I had a lot of people help me out when I was new. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of part of why, you know, I'm excited to help newer players. But also, you know, I want to talk about competitive topics. I want to be, you know, seen as knowledgeable. And I feel like I'm able to kind of mix those together, which is kind of cool. Jennifer, what do you see for yourself in like this community as being a role model for a lot of like young girls or other women wanting to play this game? I mean, I'm happy to be a role model and to, you know, encourage people or make people feel more comfortable to play the game. I don't feel like I'm any different than any other players just because I'm female. You know, I'm just another person playing the game. And I don't want other people to think of it. You know, I feel like it shouldn't be an issue. And I know that it is. You know, people are constantly like trying to get more women to play. You know, people play who want to play and... You know, if that ends up being, you know, 5% women at the, like, these large competitive levels, then, you know, that's okay, too. But I'm going to do what I want to do. And if I can make people feel more comfortable, that's even better. That's awesome. I think that's a great sentiment. Harm9L, another user on the Twitch chat, was asking about creepers. I think this is kind of a tougher topic to talk about. I mean, have you had to deal with creepers? A couple of times, yes. So... (laughs) On Twitch chat, it's actually relatively easy to deal with them because you just say, you know, you time them out so that their messages all get deleted. And you say, you can welcome here as long as you follow the chat rules. So check them out. And if they don't, then you just ban them and you don't have to deal with them ever again. Yeah. But there was my very first feature match. I was on camera and the angle of the cameras is pointing straight down. And so you could see from a different angle than maybe you would normally see a woman. And apparently the entire internet blew up. And my friends were like, don't look at the internet. They're all being stupid, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, now you have to tell me what's going on. Uh Uh-oh. So there was some guy saying, she must be dressing that way in order to get an advantage and, you know, whatever, which is not what was happening. So that's like my big, like, creeper story. You know, they're just trying to, like, make me look bad. Yeah. 
for being me. And, like, my response to them was, Oh, this is how I dress all the time. Come check out my stream on Twitch. Here's my link. So... You believed in yourself and you were comfortable in your own skin to be like, okay, this is the narrative that those people are trying to create and I'm not going to play into that. And instead, I'm going to create what I want to create. And I want to take control of that conversation. And I think that's very courageous. I think that that's something that not just for women, but really for everyone in the community in order to create something healthy, positive, and inclusive that we have to do. And there's a lot of people <laughs> on the internet, they're going to want to say whatever they want to say and do whatever they want to do. And you can't just go like chasing after all of them like whack-a-mole, right? And I mean, I'm happy to do what I can if someone's not feeling comfortable or, you know, they're nervous to be at a big event. You know, if they feel comfortable, you know, coming up to me, I'll show them around, you know. I'm happy to kind of be that gateway Mm -hmm. into the community if that's what people need. Jennifer, when you go to like uh, large events and things, what is like some of your favorite things to do? Well, I really enjoy playing at like high competitive REL events just because I just get to see all of my friends and hang out and talk to people. And I like when my games don't go super long. Like I want my games to take, you know, time, like a half an hour or so. But then I have that time in between where I can hang out and, you know, talk to people, get to know people, that kind of thing. It's probably is my favorite. Jennifer, what kind of advice do you have for players wanting to improve? Probably just keep playing. I mean, make sure you, you know, read articles that you're interested in or, you know, find people who play similar decks or the deck that you're wanting to play. Go absorb all of this information that's out there. But the more you play, the more you figure out, the more you're going to learn. And the most fun way to learn is by doing anyway, at least in my experience. So just play a lot of magic. Find other friends or even better, if you're trying to like really improve, find someone who you admire, who's who you think is a lot better than you and see if you can like join their group that's playing and things like that. Just play as much magic as you can. What kind of advice would you give to players that are just starting off in the game? Um, similar. Just play. Go If you go to your game local game store, normally people are going to be extremely friendly and be happy to help you along. Like if you've never drafted before and you go in, you know, you don't have to have anything in order to draft because you, you don't spend your entry fee, you get your three packs, you sit down. But if you don't know what you're doing, everyone's very friendly and says, oh, yeah, you just pass it this way, pass it that way. And, you know, they walk you through it and you just get out there and meet people. So for a little while, I started the Lady Planeswalker Society chapter of St. Louis. Oh, cool. It just kind of ended up fizzling, but it lasted for quite a while. And we were doing a deck builders toolkit sealed league. So everyone would buy, you know, this toolkit, which is like $10 or something. Mm -hmm. So it's relatively low cost of entry. You get, you know, guaranteed a couple of different archetypes in the boxes, semi-randomized. You know, so you get like the core of like three or four different decks, and then you also get random cards. Everyone bought one of those, but built sealed. It comes with basic lands and a die or something. But it was a really good way to play a lot of magic and explore a lot of archetypes and different decks and play styles. And if everyone in the room, experienced players and new players, all have the same type of pool, then there's not as big of a gap in power level. I mean, there's always the skill skill difference between someone who's been playing for 15 years versus someone who's been playing for 15 minutes. Uh -huh. But 
you know, everyone has the same level of power, you know, same power level of like 200 cards, and that's all they get to use. And so it's really kind of nice to even the playing field. And if it's, you know, just you and a couple of friends, you can probably convince your friends to spend $10 on a game that you can then play for, you know, months and not get tired of playing the same cards. Very interesting. One thing that's really reminded me about uh, when I watch you stream is uh, you're like, got to get those reps in, you know, like, it doesn't matter win or lose, like, we're playing. And I was just like, man, I need to play more. (laughs) You learn so much just by, you know, handling the cards, even online, you know, it's not physical, but what was it? One of the spirits that have flesh. Rattle Chains, I think. Yeah. I, I played Rattle Chains main phase so many times before I realized that it had flash. Oh. And people were like, you could just flash in Rattle Chains to block. And I'm like, have already clicked through that blocks happened or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I know it has flash. People keep telling me. I keep doing it. And eventually it sunk in. I know that for me, I learn best by doing. Mm-hmm. And so just repeating things over and over again and trying to figure it out. I started improving a lot when I started streaming like 15 hours a week. And I didn't even start with that. I started with maybe five. Mm -hmm. But the more I play, the better I get just because I have more experience and more time thinking in the way that magic needs you to think. So Jennifer, like what's new? Like what are you up to these days? And like what are you working on that uh, our listeners can look forward to? Well, I've been planning and like organizing a bunch of trips for the SCG tour and like the rest of the year. So I'm going to be all over the place two and sometimes even three times a month. So I'm really excited for a lot of this travel and to meet all these people. Wow. But then also you can see I'm trying out different things on my stream. I've started doing social eating. I don't know if you noticed that. So that's been really interesting and really fun to do. And I've roped my mom in to be a guest on my stream. So one of my viewers told me about sandwich cakes where it's like, you know, you make a layer cake, but it's sandwich stuff, sandwich food. So it's like, you know, bread and cucumbers and lunch meat and whatever. And so my mom and I are going to make a sandwich cake on creative. Then we're going to eat it on social edict. And then we're going to hang out and play some magic afterwards together. It's going to be fantastic. I'm so excited. Okay. So this sandwich cake, it's not a cake like with icing and frosting. It's not a cake. It's a sandwich, but it's layered. It looks like a cake. But it looks like a cake. And it's like iced kind of. It's Uh, iced. What is it iced with? It's not iced with like icing. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Like like sour cream or something. Oh, okay. All right. So it's like iced. It's like frosted it's, with a condiment. It's like finger sandwiches, you know, like they have like the cucumber and cream cheese kind of flavors and whatever. Oh, I it get you. Like that. They're like English sandwiches. Yeah, but instead of being little, it's like you cut into it like a cake. Like oh. it's a full-on cake. It's super cool. So I'm really excited about that. That is amazing. You got to like tweet me some photos of it when you do it. I'm gonna be hyping it all over Twitter. So you know. If you follow me on there, you're going to know when my special guest star is coming on to do all kinds of fun stuff with me. So I didn't even know these sandwich cakes things, cake sandwiches existed. Sandwich cakes. I didn't either. It, I was super excited to like try it. And it's very possible that I'll just end up with like a lump of soggy bread and lunch meat. <laughs> we will still eat it and it'll still be fantastically fun. With all my guests, Jennifer, I always have rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Um, I'll try. 
Okay, Jennifer, rapid fire question number one: Of the five colors of magic, white, blue, black, red, and green, what is your favorite color and why? Black. I like the amount of power at any cost kind of feeling that you get with black. Like, I like that I can pay life to just like do broken things, or you know, I can do super powerful things just by sacrificing one of my creatures. I mean, that's totally cool. Yeah. So, black is my favorite color in Magic. Okay, Jennifer. Question number two: If you could change something about Magic: The Gathering, what would it be? I'm not really sure what I would change. Um, I actually I know I would get rid of the reserved list. Really? Okay. It makes Legacy and Vintage almost unattainable for newer players because of the huge cost that the reserved list puts on, you know, certain cards like the original duels and things. Mm-hmm. They're just so incredibly expensive. Mm-hmm. I understand why they did it and why it's in effect for the collectors and everything, mm-hmm. but I feel like it hurts the game as a whole. Jennifer, question number three: If you could give something to every Magic player, what would it be? Well, the first thing that came to mind was like happiness or joy,、uh, and that's something that Magic has brought to me. That's what you know. I hope everyone else can get from Magic and life in general. What do you see in the future of Magic: The Gathering? Continued growth. Magic is doing a really good job of expanding and catching more a wider audience, and it's going to continue to be successful for a long time. And last, Jennifer, do you have any asks or requests of the listening audience, like where they can find you on social media? Anything you want them to like think about or consider doing? Like I keep saying over and over again, I love meeting people in the community. So you know, come find me on my Twitch channel. Come find me on Twitter. Hit me up if you see me in person. Like, come up and meet me. It's my favorite part. So you can find me on Twitch at twitch.tv/mrs_underscore_mulligan. Twitter at the Mrs. Mulligan and my writing and stuff on Star City Games. You can see on Mondays. So you can find me all of those places. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me on Kitchen Table Magic. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, of course, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks everyone for listening to my interview with Jennifer. Go say hi to her on Twitter at the Mrs. Mulligan. That's at T H E M R S M U L L I G A N. Her stream is Twitch.tv/Mrs_Mulligan. That's Twitch.tv/Mrs_Mulligan. All of the links to her stream and social will be at KitchenTableMagic.org. Just search for Jennifer Long. And please be sure to check out her stream for modern draft leagues and even some hex and Hearthstone. Thank you so much for listening to Kitchen Table Magic. If you haven't done so yet, remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get podcasts. Please leave a review in iTunes. I love hearing your feedback on the show. Coming up in the next episode of Kitchen Table Magic, I watch all the spoiler videos. I watch all the card analysis. So when I'm playing games with people, nine times out of ten, when someone plays a card, I will know what that card is and does, and understand its place, what it means, their strategy is basically is. I do forget some, and occasionally I'll ask someone to read a card text to me, specifically words like may and must. These days, when I'm braiding a card, I will almost ignore all the relevant stuff on it. Apart
apart from maybe just putting the word may or must, I'll make sure that that is explicit, whether it's a may or must. I know what a card does, but whether it's a may or must ability is more likely to be something which I don't remember the exactly which way it is. I cut it down to the things which I might not remember about the card, rather than the actually important stuff on the card, because I remember all the important stuff. I'm speaking to Richard Wheatley, a Magic player from the UK who is visually impaired. Richard has been featured on Imager, Daily MTG, Reddit, and The Nerdist. He plays in pre-releases by putting his sleeves through a braille typewriter in order to identify and keep track of everything on the battlefield. You don't want to miss my conversation with Richard Wheatley, all on the next episode of Kitchen Table Magic.